Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue podcast where we like to discuss all things championship football and of course our beloved Birmingham City. We've had a dramatic first game week in the championship so far and it's safe to say we have hit the ground running. Goals, upsets, drama (laughs) and there's still two fixtures to go today. Uh, We're going to be looking at the weekend's results so far and picking out our players to watch. Uh, We'll then of course be discussing Blue's huge win at Sheffield United, looking at some transfer rumours and previewing the Colchester and Stoke games. But before we continue, I must introduce my co-host, Joe. Joe, how are you today? You feeling good after last night? I am feeling amazing after last night. I'm feeling very optimistic about the season to come uh, for us Blue Noses, and uh, I'm a little bit hungover from the post-match celebrations. (laughs) Yeah, you and me both, man, you and me both. Uh, So coming up first then, as I say, will be our Championship Roundup. On with the show. Welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. Uh, we're about to begin our big championship roundup section of the uh, of the show. Nine fixtures for us to discuss uh, over the next uh, 15 to 20 minutes. So we've got a lot to get through uh, and I think we'll get right into it. We're going to start with the Stoke v Reading game, uh, a five goal thriller. Uh, and it looked like the debutants for, for Stoke had a really good game. Uh, Vrancic uh, was very, very good, uh, was involved in uh, in the winner, Surridge, Sam Surridge, the signing from Bournemouth, coming on, uh, 2.5 million signing, coming on and getting the winner. Uh, what what did you make of the, the Stoke-Reading uh, fixture, Joe? Uh, I, th- I think it was one of those games where where you kind of feel bad for, for the team that lost. You don't feel either team really deserved, uh, to, deserved to lose, but the fact that, that Stoke City won it in the fashion they did, you know, right, you know, towards the end, then holding on for uh, for that one goal lead for the final five minutes was made it all that bit more entertaining you know at 2-2 you're thinking that's 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 a really really good game and there was a really exciting bit between kind of you know in the the 25th and the in the 30th minute where everything was going on it you know three goals in five minutes is you know kind of kind of crazy and uh but for, for me you know I think I think Reading shouldn't be too disheartened they, they put in a good performance and they were they were undone I think there were a few individual errors that that they'll iron out as the season progresses. And I think Reading have, have still got a platform here to, to have a good season. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I was surprised, really, to see that they'd ended up losing the game. They obviously had a good season last season, Reading, and, and they would have wanted to sort of continue that momentum. They dropped off a little bit and just fell short of the playoffs. But make no doubt about it, that will, that will be their priority this season. The playoffs will be their target to go one better. Um, and it's a real setback to, to, to have lost to Stoke. Stoke, I think, actually might surprise a few people. Some of those signings are very astute signings. They look they looked very good um, going forward, perhaps not so defensively. But um, yeah, I think <laughs> I think both teams there will be looking at a uh, playoff, so that both both worth mm-hmm. keeping an eye on. Uh, and just to keep us moving, uh, we're going to go back to Friday night, the curtain raiser uh, that was Bournemouth versus West Brom, what which obviously ended in a two-two draw. Um, Two teams full of quality. Um, what did you make of that one, Joe? Did you? I felt, I felt as if the baggies edged it. They did. I think they really did. Um, you know, certainly, I, I think I think the baggies have more quality in their team uh, than than Bournemouth. First of all, I think Bournemouth letting Sam Surridge go mm. is, is a mistake. I think 
I think Sam Sorridge is a he's still young. I think what twenty two. I think. Yeah. Um, so that's that 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 knowledge comes from playing FIFA, by the way. And uh, I, I think letting him go for just what was it two three million pounds something like that, around about that kind of mark was uh, was a big mistake. I think I think he could really lead the line well for for Stoke this season. Um, but the game itself, you know, I think you know you look at Mercondes and Billing, they're the two goal scorers who I wouldn't. You wouldn't expect to be on a score sheet, you know. You expect it to be Solanke or Brooks or, or, or you know, one of the forwards. Yeah, Dan Juma for sure. Um, they're who you'd expect to to be getting the goals. And for um, for West Brom, they they were. I mean, they've still got Dean Ganga. They've still got uh, Robinson, who's really good. You know, I mean, they had Button in goal, which I think if they had, if Johnson was in goal, obviously there's a whole load of speculation over his future. I'm not entirely sure they concede two goals in this game. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And um, just quickly touching on Bournemouth, I think the acquisition of Mark Hondes is, is a big one. Obviously uh, got promoted with Brentford last season, but was released. Um, I think he contributed to uh, Bournemouth not getting to the playoff final, actually. I think he had quite a, quite a say in, in their dramatic uh, playoff semi-final fixtures. Um, I think that's a great signing. But you're right, the, the, the two goals coming from midfielders and midfielders that... Perhaps you wouldn't expect, you know, there are still one or two question marks at Bournemouth and Scott Parker is there now, obviously. Mm. It's, it's a big, big job. It's it's different to the it Fulham. Uh, Fulham, you look at their side that are currently playing. It's just a, a level above Bournemouth, you would argue. And I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they get on this season because it's it's a tough league. And, uh, you know, well, I, I don't I don't put Bournemouth in that in that category of yo-yo teams quite mm. yet. I don't think I don't think they have the 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 quality and depth that mm. Fulham do uh, you know you look at that Fulham, Fulham squad and you think if they got to the Premier League how many acquisitions would they need to stay there now yeah. Yeah. you know and uh, and also with the with with Marco Silva you know Marco Silva's a good manager he, he done it I mean with Watford he was fantastic bit of a tough time at Everton but you know Carlo Ancelotti had a tough time at Everton he's at Real Madrid now I don't think that really proves anything I, th- I think that that he, he will take I mean, watching them now, they've actually started on the back foot against Middlesbrough. They're about a quarter of an hour in. Mm. Um, but, I mean, Harry Wilson's over a dead ball now, so they're probably going to score and prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, but I, I really think that if Fulham don't do what Norwich done last season, uh, I'll be I'll be very shocked. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah. think Mar- uh, questionable, it'll be questionable from Marco Silva if, if that isn't the case. Yeah, and we'll, we'll certainly be, um, towards the end of the show, we are going to be uh, doing a sort of little prediction. Uh, each will be picking our top six and our bottom three um, and sort of comparing notes on those. That'll be interesting. Uh, but certainly, I think Fulham will have to be part of that conversation for uh, for promotion. Um, and very, before, well, just quickly before we do move on, actually, I want to talk about how hilarious it was uh, when Scott Parker got wiped out. I can't remember who done it now, uh, but there was a, there was a sliding challenge uh, coming down the touchline and credit to Scott Parker you know there's managers that would go down and pretend to be injured and whatever and uh, and uh, he you know he got straight back up and actually helped the player back up as well which uh, right. goes to show the kind of player that he was as wow. well yeah. and he managed to still look suave doing it so uh, <laughs> credit credit to, credit to Scotty Parker there yeah there's not many men that could style that sort of thing out but he is <laughs> one of them uh, <laughs> uh, moving on uh, to the Luton game and what a start to their season a 3-0 a thumping 3-0 win over Peterborough uh, with new signing Fred Onyedinma impressing uh, with a goal and two assists on his debut uh, for Luton. 
uh, and what can we say? Welcome back to the championship, uh, Posh. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a tough old league. Um, I actually remember we did a, a recording a few weeks ago uh, as a sort of demo of practice, and I mentioned Luton as a dark horse, and I, I just think that they've, they've made some very astute acquisitions in the market, Anya Dimmer obviously being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're a team, a real team to watch Luton this season. I think they're only, they only seem to be going in one direction. And uh, yeah, what did you make of that result? I mean, it, I think, I think, I think, yeah, I think Peterborough were really, uh, they were giving a shock to the system. Yeah. Uh, certainly. And I, Oh, I've, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while. This could maybe be a hot take, but in in my opinion, I think the jump from League One to Championship is a bigger leap than it is from the top of the Championship to the Premier League. Whoa! Um, personally, you know, you think you know the top of the, the top of League One to to jump into a mid to mid table survival in the Championship, I think is harder than than being promoted out of the Championship and and. Surviving relegation. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely, you're absolutely. I think that's a really interesting point. You look at how Wickham got on last season. They struggled for most of the season, and you know it could very well be a similar story for Peterborough if they aren't careful. Mm. Um, but on the flip side, but on the flip side of that, though, you know, um, next on my list is the Hull game. They went to to Preston, mm-hmm. uh, scored four goals. They won four one. What a start to their season and um, well, yeah. contrasting fortunes. Other end of the under end of the spectrum, uh, isn't it really? I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm I don't think Preston have had that amazing of a pre-season. Um, so I think that's that's a big uh, contribution to that. I think you're personally, right. um, it's almost like a hangover from last season as well. I think yeah, absolutely. And the momentum that they they sort of lost a little bit towards the end of last season, but we'll be looking to regain. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think Preston were dropping like a dropping like a stone um, towards the end of the season. A lot of people thought they could get could have got sucked into a relegation battle. They managed to steer clear of that, but mm. certainly you know that the sort of these losses and all and the games coming thick and fast is very difficult to get yourself out of that rut, isn't it? And to try to get a result, um, and it certainly is, is not an ideal start to their season. No, no, they 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 also uh, Preston lost their number one goalkeeper in the game, Declan Rudd. Um, mm which couldn't have helped for mm. sure. I mean, uh, I, I'm not actually sure how far in he got uh, he got injured. Mm. Uh, well, I assume it's for an injury. I don't think it would have been a tactical change. No. Um, was it? Well, okay, yeah, so that, that makes sense to me because Preston actually took the lead early on um, and they were 1-0 up and then Declan Rudd got injured. I'm, I, I, I haven't actually seen the injury. I haven't seen the incident. Um, but then after that, it then kind of fell apart uh, for Preston. Which I mean, Declan Rudd is a is a proven Championship goalkeeper. He's a he's a good player. And uh, Everson is, you know, he, he's twenty four, which for a goalkeeper is pretty young. Um, but he hasn't played that much football. Everywhere he's gone, he's been a backup goalkeeper. He's been a cup goalkeeper. So that couldn't have helped them. And and Hull City. Of all the teams that have been promoted, Hull City are the one where you look at them. You think they they've got more than enough there to, uh, you know, to, to 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 survive. Maybe even push to be to be comfortably mid table, uh, I think. And certainly after a result like this, it will give them, uh, it will give them, the confidence in their in themselves again. Um, but you know, the Tigers are certainly back in the championship with a bang. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's an interesting one that they'll probably take some heart from the fact that other clubs in the championship haven't had great preparation. You look at Derby's pre-season. And oh, God. Yeah. Um, you know, they've they've had to re-sign some of the older players just so they've got to keep squad numbers up. Um, yeah, they, they Derby look like they're in a real uh, mess at the moment. They did go, uh, go up against Huddersfield on the opening day of the season mm-hmm. and get themselves a draw, which is something. Um, oh, yeah, credit but, credit to Wayne Rooney. Yeah, yeah, but they're um, they're in a mess, aren't they? They are. They are in big big trouble. I think you know. I, I know we will get on to uh, get on to our our league predictions and whatever. But uh, as a little preview, Derby are going down in mine uh, for sure. I, 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 which is sad to say. They they've got such a good history in the Championship and at Premier League level. We don't have to go that far back where. They were the worst Premier League team of all time, but uh, I, I think that it's it's, it's kind of sad to see. Uh, and one thing that really could happen, and you never know, they they could on they could surface one or two little gems, uh, little you know, youth gems that will that will play well in the in the Champo. That when they get relegated, they'll be able to sell for 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 a big chunk of money and actually save themselves. Um, that is if they do get relegated if they don't they'll probably still sell them and have to reinvest that money to spread it across the squad so I, th- I think that's probably the most sensible way for them to go about it um, but they are the immediate future doesn't look all that bright for, for the Rams yeah I think um, you're absolutely right they're, they're thin on the ground in terms of squad numbers and in terms of quality but you are right in mentioning the, the youth angle if, if there is any sort of silver linings all this it's that they're going to have to rely on some of the younger players and, and and they might find a player that can really change their fortunes or a player that can certainly, maybe longer term, if they do they go down to League One, that player might be able to be a, be a talisman and be a player that could come and get mm-hmm. straight back up. Or, as you say, help with the financial side. It's, it is a real, real mess. Um, and, it, you know, it goes back to this question of, you know, is the EFL doing the proper checks on owners? Are they making sure these people are going to run football clubs? responsibly they might be the owners officially but the football club really belongs to the fans and all the the mishandling of of these precious community um you know clubs it's 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 sad to see uh, and you're absolutely right i think i will be putting derby in my bottom three as well mm. um simply because of the thick and fast nature of the league and, and then really not having the numbers to compete and keep up um yes yeah, so it's, it's a real difficult one there um Going to keep us moving. We've got a few more fixtures just to, to, to look at. Uh, Bristol were pegged back by a late equaliser uh, by Blackpool. <laughs> so they've picked, they've picked themselves. The Seasiders have grabbed themselves a, a point there um, at Bristol City. Um, so what, what do you make of that? I mean, Blackpool um, had a very good season last season. Obviously, they got themselves promoted. Yeah, um, I, I think, uh, um, first of all, I have to say, I, I feel bad for, I was watching the, uh, the Sky Sports coverage, uh, you know, the, uh, every goal as it goes in uh, Saturday Saturday live, and uh, there was they they mentioned in about the 90th minute that there was someone on the Super Six that was one goal away from winning the jackpot, and uh, they needed there to be a goal at Bristol City, uh, and just as they said it, Blackpool scored, but they needed the goal to be for Bristol City, and it was absolute heartbreak for that guy oh, uh, or, or girl, whoever that is. Um, but I think on the balance of play, Bristol should have run away with the game. 
Um, they, I mean, in front of goal, they, they, had, they had a number of good opportunities and they just couldn't get the ball on target. Um, they, the, you know, possession wise, it was, it was very, it was very 50, 50, but I think, I think Blackpool have done well to get themselves a point at Bristol city who have always, over the last few seasons, they flattered to deceive. They always, you know, you know, early on in the season, they threatened to be a team that will maybe even push for, for playoff places, certainly push to be in the mix for it. And then they always seem to just under the radar, just fall off. And uh, and the way they've started, it looks like they're going to fall off early, um, to yeah. be honest. And they haven't recruited in the window as much as, as some of the teams around them. And I think I think the Robins are going to struggle this season. Um, you're right, yeah. And, and they, they certainly found it tough going last season. Um, mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. At one point, they, they really looked like a team that was going to push on and, and only go in one direction and that was towards the playoffs and, and maybe eventually promotion but that that seems to have all changed now and, and now I think the concentration the focus will be on consolidating championship status and trying to stay away from any relegation worries uh, moving on um, then only a few fixtures left uh, Blackburn versus Swansea uh, Blackburn got getting a 2-1 win there over Russell Martin's uh, Swans his first game in charge uh, what I thought was interesting, there's no Adam Armstrong in the Blackburn lineup. Yeah. Lots of rumours swirling about where uh, the striker is going to end up. He had a, a very, very good season last season. I think was he was he one or two goals behind Ivan Tony. Yeah, it was, it was very close to him. Property at the moment. I I, I was um, I was impressed with uh, with Barenton Cruz. I think that's his name now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, like Chilean that. international and actually for, for Chile he was really good as well I, I remember catching a few of his highlights um, but you know I think I think Blackburn Rovers often get overlooked um, I think that I think they're a side that, that really have it in them to to push for for, for for playoff places this season they've they've got a good setup uh, they've got a good team and if they can you know rebuff some of the speculation around Adam Armstrong I know there's been some Strong interest. I think Southampton are, are interested in him as a as a Danny Ings replacement with him going to Aston Villa. That would be a great signing. Him and him and Che up top would as a very dynamic front too. Uh, but if they can keep hold of him, I think that would be uh, that would be one of the naughtiest uh, front you know attacking trios. Or could probably put Buckley in there and say attacking quads. Um, in the league, I think. I think if there is an undoing, it's probably the uh, lack of depth in front of the goalkeeper, that back four. Uh, how, you know, if, if Ayala got injured, who's going to come in and replace him, you know, with that with the same kind of quality all round? I don't think there's there's many things. But if they can keep if they can keep that back four as steady as possible, I see no reason why they couldn't push push high up the league this season. It's a really, really good shout, uh, actually. And I think as an, a sort of maybe an outside shout for a playoff push, definitely. And you, you got to remember as well, there's Bradley Dack still to come back as well. Exactly. Yeah, of course. A very, very good attacking midfielder that can, can really make something out. Yeah, they, they do like a good side. They did release Lewis Holtby, though, over uh, over the summer, which as, you know, as a, 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 a chat with Spurs leanings, Joe, I'm sure you were very, very Yes, I was very sad about that. Lewis Holtby is a... Uh... Uh, is a good player actually. He's a. I don't. I don't know where he's gone off to. I'm sure he's time for someone. He's a. He's a good he's, player. He's still a free agent from what I can gather, but um, I'm no sure, way. I'm sure we'll be. He'll be back in action soon enough. I would say get him into Blues, but we got to he, we got to Hai Chong, so we'll be. Fine. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll wax lyrical about him in the next section of the show. So, definitely, <laughs> we'll get these last two fixtures out of the way because Let's we're approaching our, our break time. 
Uh, Cardiff versus Barnsley, uh, a 1 1 draw. Yeah. Uh, is it rude to just say dull? I think it was kind of dull uh, for me. Certainly, the first half was an absolute snooze fest. I think uh, nothing of note at all in the first half. Second half did liven up a bit. Of course, you know, a, a goal, it, it was a game, you know, the old cliche, it was a game that really needed a goal. And it was provided by Pack uh, for Cardiff City, and 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 they held on for they held on for about fifteen minutes before uh, for Barnsley found the equaliser, and and then it did dribble out to. It looked like a game where neither team wanted to risk losing an individual point enough to go for all three, which is, I think, you look at Cardiff and Barnsley, you look at two teams that, that match up pretty evenly. I think on paper, uh, of course, the game is played on grass. Uh, but and on grass they were matched up very evenly um, so they both played very very similar formations and it was very man for man during the game um, but I, I think that both teams uh, coming away with a point are probably happy with that opening day against a team that will probably be around them yeah. I think I think both managers will come away happy with a point Probably both both teams as well harboring um, some sort of uh, ambitions for the playoffs. I'd imagine. I think Barnsley, we know had a, a fantastic of course, season, yeah, of course. But we know they've lost Alex Mowat and, and the manager uh, Ishmael Verin. Uh, Ishmael's gone to West Brom, mm -hmm. um, and Cardiff. You know they've got an experienced manager there with Mick McCarthy. Yeah, I think both of them the draw a draw. They'll probably be happy with that. Um, both teams. I mean, most teams in the championship will be thinking about playoffs, let's be honest. But those two, I think, will have a realistic uh, chance uh, of, of certainly being in the top 10 and, and really pushing on. Uh, and then moving on to our final fixture um, on my list is QPR versus Millwall. Uh, a 1-1 one, one draw uh, there between uh, Queen's Park Rangers and the Lions from the Den. Um, yeah, I've tipped QPR. I think they're going to have a, a good season. I think they've, they've signed some good... Players Mark Warburton's been there for a number of seasons now and has built the squad. They've got Charlie Austin there. We know on his day he's one of the most lethal strikers in the league. Um, what did what did, did we learn much from this fixture? The opening day fixture is always a bit of a weird one, but uh, a one-one draw there. What, what did you make of it, Joe? Uh, I mean, for, uh, I didn't. I, I wasn't too. I, I didn't focus on this game all that much, really. It was a London derby, uh, which Millwall fans probably really loved. Uh, by the way, Fulham have just taken the lead against Middlesbrough. Um, half an hour in, I didn't see the goal. Um, they, I think, I think you know, Stephanie Johansson uh, in that QPR team uh, was 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 really important to this game. Uh, Norwegian international, of course, hugely experienced uh, central midfielder. And I think going forward in the season, one thing that, that I took from this game is how important he's going to be because he he was he was brought off. Uh, in the second half to, to rest him because I think QPR know that if they're going to have that freedom because of course they I don't think that I think Willock is a good player and I certainly think you know Charlie Austin and Lyndon Dykes are two players that can put the ball in the back of the net comfortably you know they're, they're two very good uh, well to, they're both number nines really they both they like to occupy that role by the way the goal was scored by Harry Wilson obviously Um was it a dead ball situation? It wasn't a dead ball, but it, he he cut he <laughs> yeah. cut him from the right onto his left foot and drilled it into the bottom corner. Good finish, Blimey. actually. Blimey. Yeah, um, he'll be a good acquisition, but we'll talk more. Oh about yeah, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to Fulham in a minute. I'm I'm sure. Um, one thing I learned actually was that uh, Millwall are better than I was expecting. 
they certainly stood up to QPR, who I think they certainly have aspirations of at least pushing for for a playoff place. Uh, and 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 you know they took the lead. They they and they 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 performed really well. And when you look at the stats, this should not have been a one all draw. If this was going to be a draw, it should have been about two or three all, really. Uh, I think there were some goalkeeping heroics at both ends. Uh, and I, I'm I'm I think that both teams could cause some issues for. Uh, for the teams around them, they, they they both seem pretty well drilled, and they both seem really happy to to go and attack for all three points. It didn't happen for either of them in this game, but I think as the season progresses, I wouldn't be surprised to see more and more times where we see uh, both QPR and Millwall sneak in some late winners against teams around them. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. I think both teams certainly. We know Gary Rowett now at Millwall. Um, he knows the league very very well, and and, and knows how to manage a team through some, some difficult fixtures. Um, I think they'll certainly have a solid season and, and uh, again, might want to try to break into that top 10 and really push on. Uh, QPR, as I say, I, I think they've got a, a real outside chance of a playoff finish. Again, two sides, similar to the Cardiff and Barnsley. I think these are a mixture of teams there, those the four teams we've just talked about. Those four, you think they're, they're just in that little category, maybe just below the playoffs and, and might, just if they can get a bit, of, a bit of momentum, look like the type of teams that might be able to, to sneak in there. Yeah. Well, that was our roundup of the, the nine fixtures, uh, besides obviously the big one, uh, which we'll be talking about very shortly. Um, yeah, so much action, so many goals. Uh, the championship is back in full swing, I think it's safe to say. Um, I just can't get enough of it. <laughs> it's it's going to be the start of, of a mad season. Oh, I can't um, wait. And how good was it, by the way, to to see some the atmospheres with the fans back as well? Oh, mate, it was, yeah, it makes such a difference. I remember when I turned the, the telly on yesterday, uh, the noise, I, I, I just like get the volume down a bit. I was like, I'm not used to the football being this loud. Um, it's yeah, it makes a huge difference, and it must for the players as well. It, there's added pressure there. It's just a, it's like getting used to a new environment again. You know, getting this a completely different feel inside the stadium. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, but yes, speaking of uh, fervent atmospheres, uh, we'll be getting to the Blues game very shortly. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute or two. Welcome back to the Royal Blue podcast. After all the excitement of the championship, we are now going to focus on the main part of our show, which is the Birmingham game. An epic opening day win at Bramall Lane uh, against recently relegated Sheffield United. What a night for the travelling support, even though most of them couldn't get home after the game. Uh, what a night for Lee Bowyer. What a night for the players. It it really could not have gone much better uh, from a Birmingham City perspective. Um, we're going to pick out the players that we were particularly impressed with, and there are quite a few. Um, highlight one or two areas that we're still a little bit concerned about, um, and then really talk about you know what we think the squad still needs, um, <clears throat> what the transfer rumours are saying, uh, and then have a quick look at the Colchester and Stoke games. So where should we begin, Joe? I was thinking we should get straight into it and talk about uh, the opening goal, um, the only goal of the game. Um, it came from a Jeremy Bella cross, uh, normally one you'd expect uh, Lukas Jukovic to be getting on the end of, but no, it was his opposite wing-back, uh, Maxime Collin, the man, the myth, the legend, getting his head on the end of it. Uh, and it was a nice guided header past Ramsdale uh, and into the back of the net, wasn't it? What a start. It was. It was. I mean, I think it only took me about two minutes after that goal went in to ask uh, 
to ask about the odds of him getting a France call up and uh, the odds on him winning the Ballon d'Or. Uh, <laughs> it was a really good goal, actually. And um, he seems to have this. I mean, he played a different role than I think most uh, most Blues fans will be used to him playing. He's he's always been seen as a defender first and attacker after, but he was he was really attacking. He also had a, a perfectly goal ruled out, which we'll come on to. Um, I mean, we know that Bella can deliver a good ball. Um, and I think, you know, I think they're, so their opposite fullback, I think, was, was it, uh, oh God, was it Bulldog or Osborne? I think it was Osborne. Um, I can't remember what side they both play. I think, I think it was Osborne. Um, got himself in a big old kerfuffle, um, found himself in completely the wrong area. And then, Colin had a had a had a free free header to to place it past the apparently thirty million pound rated goalkeeper Aaron Ramsdale, um, and I was particularly impressed by by his run because he as we see him as a defender you would not expect him to make that run because I mean I think his header was at about the six yard box you would not expect him to see in that place uh, and and I, I, I'm I mean I love. Maxime Connard. I will eventually buy a blue shirt this season because the kit is absolutely sublime. Um, and I will be getting Connard on the back because yeah. why the hell not? not? And, uh, and and I think he is he, it's going to be really key because he also made a couple of key blocks as well. A couple of key defensive actions that like we're used to him seeing. And uh, for me, I mean, we'll get on to Chong, of course, in a minute. But for me, he he stood out as someone who, who, if he wasn't man of the match, he was certainly surprise of the match. I feel, I think he no one was expected. I don't, I don't think anyone. I, th- I don't think he's scored since, I think maybe December twenty twenty. So not 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 a major long time ago. He should have had a brace. I don't know how long ago it's been since he's got a brace, if ever. <laughs> uh, probably been a long time. Probably yeah. been a very very probably going back to his youth career. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but. I, I, I was, I mean, all round, everyone, everyone done what they needed to do to to, yeah. to get this across the line. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right that, that there is something about the positioning for Maxine Collard, um for both of those goals. I mean, obviously the the one was disallowed, but the cross. We know that Jeremy Bella is a good crosser of the ball. We, you know, we know that Lukas Jukovic, uh, Duke is is lethal in the air, but. It's that it's that extra run at the back post, um, you know, one wing back to the other that um, was so effective last night, and it certainly looks like it'll be a weapon for Birmingham this season. Um, well, I think, I think, and the reason behind that for me is everyone knows. I think Lukas Djukovic has got more headed goals than than anyone else in the championship. And I think it's like nineteen since, yeah. you know, in the last two or three years or some, some, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's. Um, you know, so defenders know that that we're aiming for him from crosses. So if they if they occupy him, the space that that leaves for a late run from a Maxine Collan, I wouldn't be surprised to see Gary Gardner sneaking at the back post yeah. a, a few times. He's got a couple of goals in preseason that we talked about in some demo recordings that we've yeah. done for just ourselves. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that's a huge weapon for us because uh, if if Djukovic is be is being occupied, find someone else. And then eventually they'll go and occupy someone else and then Djukovic is free again and it will flip and flat and it'll be so hard to defend against that the only way to do it is to pack out, pack out, pack it out so much that you offer nothing going forward. Yeah. And and and, I, and it's that reason, and obviously we'll get onto it, that I, I think Birmingham will, will finish 
We'll finish far higher than a lot of uh, Blues wow. fans. Uh, uh, I don't know if you're still intoxicated from last night or... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll certainly get on to our predictions. Yeah, but um, you're absolutely right. I, th- I think that there seems to be a real... That system that Birmingham play, Bowie also seems to have given the players real confidence to, to, to be positive and get forward and, and not be negative and sit off. You know, you contrast that with the way that we played under Karanka a lot of last season. Yeah. It was very, very negative. You would rarely see a fullback, you know, making those runs into the box. It would always be, um, you know, we would rely on just being solid first and foremost and then try to nick something. This was seemed like it was much more of an effort to try to be on the front foot, uh, getting the fullbacks forward and crossing the ball um, and just getting the ball in the mix. You know, Bella took, you know, he got the ball off Ryan Woods, took a touch and then just got it into the box and, because well, you know, Duke is going to make things happen like that. But then if we've got the extra runner, it's it's just it just adds an extra element to, to the attack. And, and um, how, how refreshing is that as well? To just it is. I mean, because that is the kind of football I think that Blues fans have been calling out for mm. so long. You know, you've got a weapon in there, use it. Yeah. Is, like we've got a trump card. You have to just you you have to. It has to be done. And and I'm I'm really impressed actually that uh, that I think that. What we, I think the the initial plan, because I think when the team came out, everyone kind of assumed it was going to be a four four two, you know, Pedersen left back, Colin right back, and then Bella and Chong on the wing with Gardner and Woods yep. in the midfield. And uh, so when we did kind of set up in this three at the back, Bella is sort of a wing back. I mean, he's yeah. certainly more attacking, yeah. um, and that was certainly our weak spot in the game. Yeah. Um, with you know some the pace of Ollie Burke, so, uh, certainly was utilised kind of between Bella and Pedersen in that channel. Just luckily for, for us, they didn't really have uh, much quality or anyone really following up mm. with his run. But yeah. we'll come, we will come on to that. Um, I think that, that that system kind of shot. And I think we played that system. I think that the initial plan was to match Sheffield because this is the first time they've played four at the back, started with four, four at the back in a game in a long time like we're going back years upon years Mm. and so when but I think it worked to our advantage I think that we took Sheffield by surprise Mm. and certainly in the opening half an hour they did not know what to do no no you absolutely not know what to do absolutely right and I think um just to highlight a couple of Blues players that I think did have a particularly good game I think we should talk about Chung Tahir Chung who obviously um I think you, you're right to talk about that little gap that well, there was between Bella and Pedersen. We know Jeremy Bella is a very attack-minded player, wants to get forward. Not to say he doesn't do his defensive duties, but it, it's sort of not like really like a second nature. It's not really in his. It's not no, instinctual it's not. to track a run and get back. He's but not Chung on the pitch. That's that. not why he's on the pitch, is it? No, no, it's, it's not. You're absolutely right. Um, so Chung had to sort of fill in a bit of uh, for the defensive duties there. He, we, he had such energy. I think we were both surprised as we were preparing for the show. We were, so I said how surprised we both were by his um, defensive um, contribution. We know he's very good on the ball, very, very good dribbler and, and has got an eye for a pass. Um, but yeah, I think you had, you had some stats about Chung in terms of his defensive side of it. Yeah, yeah. so his, his, his defensive game was unbelievable, I think. Uh, and and I think he took most people by surprise. No one more than Manchester United fans, because they are certainly a side of their game that they wouldn't have seen from him before on his other loan spells. I I, I don't think you know in the Netherlands. I don't think he ever played that kind of role. Mm. Um, I think so. Uh, if I remember, I haven't got him written down. Uh, but he he made 
seven tackles more than anyone else on the pitch. Uh, five uh, ball retention. So, so you know, sometimes you can make a tackle and it trundles out for a throw or something like that. Um, uh, which again was 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 more than anyone else on the pitch. And it was it was he did he did go off with a slight injury. Mm-hmm. I think that was just a niggle. Yeah. Um, nothing more than nothing more than bring him off and and, and rest him for. Uh, I, I'd imagine. I imagine he won't play midweek. I don't think he'll play um, Colchester, no, no. But I imagine that he will play next week, next weekend against Stoke. I imagine. Um, and I think he'll be a mainstay in our side. A performance like that, the fans will certainly want him to be. And uh, uh, he's endeared himself to 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 the Blues faithful. And and I'm really excited for him as well because he's 21 now, uh, which is getting towards the point where you should be looking at playing regular first team football. So for him, this is a massive season to, to staple himself. Even if he goes away after one, we, it already has the hallmarks of that. Uh, don't fall in love with a player on loan. <laughs> yeah. it, it already it's does. Cause like for me anyway, because I think, you know, if a team gets, rele- a team gets promoted, you know, you think, you think of the teams that are going to be towards the top and he has a good season. They're, they'll have no qualms of trying to pick him up off Manchester United, either on another loan deal or on a, uh, or trying to, to pick him up permanently to to bulk out their squad and to to play as a utility man because he's shown that he can be a box to box. He's he's grown out as a as a winger, and I think that's what he was sold to the fans as mm. um, when he arrived. And they did do a big push when he arrived as well. Mm, yeah. They? Um, one one thing. Uh, uh, another player I'd like to talk about: Ryan Woods on his debut. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, one we, thing on Chung is I, you're absolutely right to mention how he surprised the fans. I think it's the physicality that he's dealt with mm. so well. You look at him, he's, 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 he's not particularly tall. He doesn't look very muscly, muscular. But he's he he dealt really well he's with, with the stats back that up. But it, it just he just seemed comfortable. And I think we weren't really expecting him to have settled in and hit the ground running quite so, so soon. Mm. Um, yeah, just my final thought on him, really. Absolutely right. Ryan Woods, please, please do go ahead. Yeah, I think, I mean, Ryan Woods, we know what kind of player we were bringing in, didn't we, with, uh, with, with him. And he's a, he's a, he's an experienced championship central midfielder. Um, not, I mean, he's not, he's not too agey, uh, is he? He's, he's only 27 years old, you know, he's not, he's in, so he's in his, his quote unquote prime, I suppose, if you want to, uh, if you want to word it like that. And uh, we brought him in, We've been crying out for a player like him for a long time, as, as, as you mentioned bef- like before the show as we were preparing. And um, I think you know put, having him, I think I, I can't remember who I can't remember who it was. One of the one of the pundits described him as a, as a bit of a quarterback, you know, and that and that's a really good way of of, of putting it. He there, there was a few there was a few times where you saw him just kind of spraying balls out to to each side, each winger, each each wide player, and. You know, he, he picked up a yellow card as as blue, blues players do. I think we picked up about six or seven yellow cards in this game, um, as as I think was expected. I, I mean, Sunic didn't get a yellow card, which I'm honest, I'm disappointed about to be honest. That's his um, job. literally his, his whole job is to get yellow cards. But um, you know, Gary Garner, Collar, Rudds, uh, Pedersen, uh, Leco, and uh, Castillo, who came on, didn't really do too much. Castillo after he came on in his on his competitive debut, but um, he was only on for, I think about five minutes and got yellow carded. Um, so plenty of yellow cards for, for yeah. us to, uh, to deal with. And we will have to watch that because, you know, they, they will top up and there will be suspensions uh, amongst 
you know, things that we just don't need to. to... Yeah, I think um, it's, it's certainly a concern. But on, just quickly on Ryan Woods, he he seems to be we we. We're so used to having midfielders that are just those enforcer types, the ones that will work hard, just win the ball. Um, you know, you think about Michael Keaton Bell did that for years for us and was very, very good at that. Um, now Ivan Sunjic um, certainly fits that sort of that archetype. I think Ryan Woods offers something a bit different. Gary Gardner's a box-to-box midfielder. Woods seems comfortable with sitting and just keeping possession ticking over. He's very good at sort of moving the ball. He's got really, really good vision. Um, and one thing I noticed last night, actually, there were a couple of occasions where Hogan made very well-timed runs uh, and Woods <laughs> was finding him, put, putting, yeah, putting the ball yeah, right absolutely. into the, the channel or, or, you know, into space where Hogan can get on the end of it. Especially um, with Sheffield United trying to, uh, certainly at first, operate a bit of a higher line than uh, yeah, yeah. than you'd want to against a player like Hogan, especially when you've got someone like Woods who can, mm. who can find that space and fi- find, you know, the put it into the area where you want to run into it. Yeah. And, that, and that's another weapon that we really could utilise. You know, that's, that's something that we could, if, if there's a game where we're struggling to get balls into the box, there's no reason we couldn't drop five or ten yards and, 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 and try that out with the pace of Bella, the pace of, of Chong and the, uh, the, the, the quick movement, quick thinking of, of Hogan yeah. as well. Yeah. So, so that, that's, we've got plenty, we've actually got plenty of options going forward. We have, and, we have got a lot of options um, going forward. Um, I just felt absolutely gutted for Scott Hogan when he, when he missed that chance because <laughs> I actually think overall he'd had quite a, a decent game. He, he had, yeah, he had. The, good, the runs, he'd, he'd stretched the play. He was, he was quite positive and seemed quite energetic. Um, but it, it's at the end of the day, you know, he's one of those strikers where it comes down to goals and if he's not scoring goals, the confidence soon drains from, from him and then it's, it's it's that's another thing just to keep an eye on this season one area that I'm a little bit concerned about because we know we know what Lukas Jukovic offers and he's very reliable again um you know last night he won won almost every aerial duel there was one header uh that he, that he missed he should have glanced when he got two he gl- yeah he got he, he almost done too well with it didn't he yeah it I was I was actually I was more surprised that he'd missed that opportunity than uh than Hogan missing the open goal to be completely honest with you yeah yeah that's true but but it's you do wonder if we will need other strikers to, to, to find the back of the net. We can't just rely on Juki. We, mm-hmm. You know, the crossing uh, from Bella to Juki, it's one weapon. We know that. With the back post stuff from Colin and Gary Garner, as you said, that is one weapon. But we do need to be able to play a different way. We need a striker that can, can, can well, it, get the ball it does look like Sam Cosgrove is going to move on, doesn't it? It, look, well, it looks like it'll probably be on loan to, to mm-hmm. someone in League One. I think the most hotly tipped team, especially after the unfortunate, uh, quite horrible injury to um, to Callum Patterson. Uh, I think Callum's his first name. Sounds about right. Yeah, um, uh, and it was it was a hot, it was a nasty injury. He was down for about ten minutes. He was stretched off. Uh, um, it, he he apparently he was conscious apparently. Um, so good news, but it looks like he could be out for a couple of months. Um, so. Uh, certainly the kind of player I think that Sheffield Wednesday could use. And I think if we get him, if, if he does leave, I think, you know, uh, who who's really out there to, to bring in? I think I'm hasten to mention Troy Deeney. Uh, Watford, Watford seemed to not really want him too much, you know, as right. much as their club captain. He's been there for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really think Troy Deeney, certainly the kind of wages that he'd want. I'm not entirely convinced that we'd, that, no. that we'd get out of him what we'd be giving to him. Um, I think Leko came on and actually looked okay to me. Yeah. 
he came on. He did. He, there was there was he he got crowded out a bit, but we were. It was at the point of the game where he was up, where we were just leaving him up there, and we were defending a lead. Yeah. Um, and he got hold of the ball a few times. And he, he showed his dribbling and it, a little bit of his pace. And I think if we had him on where there was space for him to operate, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the season where he, he starts to 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 be good on that on that uh, with his output more than anything else. And because um, that's what he's been lacking. We know that he's quick. We know that he can dribble. Mm-hmm. It's that that end product. And I think this could be the season where we see it. Uh, yeah, he's just got that feeling, you know. Yeah, he, he needs to have a good season. It is it is a big one for John Lecco. Um, and I think you know, with, with the addition of Chuck Saneke, for example, we, we've yeah. got other options. There is there is a bit of added pressure there. Um, I mean, blues, we there's clearly something happening at the moment with Cosgrove being moved out, as you say, and there are rumors that Birmingham are looking at uh, even acquiring a, another striker. There have been numerous names mentioned. These are all just uh, names that I've found on various threads people discussing on online um people have mentioned matt smith he's very similar to, to lucas yukovic i don't think but for me that's that's not really much of a goer um naki wells i think would be a good acquisition from huddersfield yeah, yeah uh, naki wells would be great. i think he'd be very good um lyle taylor from forest we know he played under bowyer at charlton and had a, had a, a good time there under under Lee Bowyer, but um, it was a bit of an end, issue, wasn't, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, just wanted to force his move through to Forest, so re- refused to turn up for training. Um, similar to Harry Kane, although apparently Harry yeah. Kane hasn't refused to try. I don't know what's going on there. there Har- so, so Harry Kane has basically put out a statement where he's where he's realised he's not going to get that move to City, yeah, uh, potentially, and he's now going. Oh, I'm very sorry, Tottenham fans, please send me back. <laughs> That's what it is. I've, I missed that. I must have missed that WhatsApp message. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's, yeah, fine, it's, it's basically that, isn't it? But um. So yeah, that there might be that might be that Lee Bowyer does he want that sort of disruptive presence? If Lyle Taylor comes in and he knows that in the past he's um, acted uh, irresponsibly and hasn't respected the club, but he didn't respect Charlton and forced his move, do you want that presence in the dressing room? So that's another difficult one. And I think Lyle Taylor and Forrest is probably on significant wages as well. Yeah. Um, the one that I think is most realistic is John Bodvarsson. I think is is at Millwall. Out of Millwall, yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, a, a, a different sort of forward to um, to to Jukovic. I think that's probably the most realistic in terms of wages. Um, I think so. I would have really liked us to. Um, I, I know we mentioned him earlier in the show. I would have loved to, have, if we thought earlier in the window, to have a look at Sam Surridge. I really do. I think that, I think that would have been that's an excellent acquisition for Stoke. And I think I think Stoke could have a really good season uh, this year. Um, I think, and I think he's going to be really key to that. And I would have loved to have seen him in a in a Blues. I think you know for two. I think I think uh, I did look at um, at the fee. I think it's about two point five million pounds or something like that. Which, for a player of his age and and, and his his quality and and the way he could develop, I think I think it, that would have been a good striker to partner with with Juki with when Hogan's confidence is down, as it very well could be after that that kind of that miss and then being subbed off as would have helped. And I think. Uh, a play, if we, I think we need a player like that more than anything else. I wouldn't be surprised if we try and have a look at another loan deal for a for a striker in the somewhere at the Premier League. I'm not entirely sure if there's one knocking about that wants to go out on loan. Maybe a maybe like a young player. I'm thinking as a Tottenham fan, I'm thinking along lines of people like Dane Scarlett, who are you know quick, young, just looking for experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you're right. We, we, that's the sort of striker we need. I, I think someone that has that turn of pace. 
Um, so, you, you know, it, it just makes me think of when we had uh, Duke and Shay Adams uh, up top, you know, that they worked so well together. Shay was obviously a quicker uh, sort of forward, but also clinical, a, a great finisher. It, but it's difficult, isn't it? The, the ones that, that are that have those qualities and that have the, the, the goal scoring records, it's, they're like gold dust. They're very difficult to come by and you get priced out. I, I think, personally, I think, I think Naki, Naki Wells would be good. I don't know why I said he was at Huddersfield. He was at Huddersfield years ago. He's, yeah, he's, is he at Bristol? He's at Bristol now, yeah. I'm getting, getting myself mixed up. But, uh, you know, he was on the bench yesterday. Are they today? Doesn't look like he came on to play. Is uh, that, I don't think so. I think it's, 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 that, that, might be, that might be a workable deal. I think, I think, yeah, I think potentially. I think, uh, I, but I think I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't go in for it. I, I, I've mentioned it before. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up you know, moving some players about, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Jeremy Bella moves up there for, you know, every now and again to, to play next to Juki and Chong goes out wide or even to hire Chong, you know, he, he, he seems like the kind of player that was just happy to be on the pitch anywhere. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he ends up, uh, he's proven that he's got the physicality to deal with, with play with players in the championship. And uh, so, you know, I think, I think we've got the options out. I'm more worried about, right back mm-hmm. Maxime Collin is potentially my favorite player in in, in the blue squad and this is, this is before and you can you can vouch for this this is before the game yesterday mm. this is this has gone on maybe an unhealthy obsession yeah for, for, borderline since, since I, really. yeah borderline no we're not going to get into that uh, <laughs> I, I I just I think I, th- I think he's 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 really he's top quality, and uh, but uh, my worry is yes he's Mister Reliable. If he ends up getting a suspension or getting a who's covering for him at that side, yeah. that's my worry. And 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 I know it is it's really hard to bring in a player and say you're only going to play when he's not available. We had Jan Valery in I think uh, toward the end of last season. Yeah, it didn't work out at all. I don't really know how many minutes he got, but it wasn't many. Mm. Um, and I think we, I think we do need that bit. That's the bit where we haven't got the depth. I think centre back. I think we're okay at centre back. Yeah, well, I think we've a couple of young Sanderson there, coming in. Sanderson, who I who I don't know why he didn't. Was he? I don't think he was. Was he on the bench yesterday? I don't think he was. No. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. Maybe just maybe he just needs to settle in a little bit before he yeah. can yeah. Uh, before he can get out there and get some minutes, but. I think you know with Dion Sanderson. Have we still got we still got Clark Salter, right? I think is he. No, no. I he's, think so he's gone back to Chelsea, yeah. is it? And mm. uh, uh, maybe if we so maybe maybe bringing in one centre back. We've got a couple of youngsters, um, and if we're going to play three at the back, I think we would need someone who can another player who can uh, just cover that. I don't think having just Dion Sanderson to come in uh, to play at any one of them. And I think Clark Salter. He didn't really get the minutes in his second spell with us. Mm-hmm. Um, last season, no. you know, left-footed centre back. I don't think it'd be the, the end of the world if we maybe try and get him in again. Mm. Um, but I, I think for for me, it's defence more than attack where we need to to look into. I think I think we're okay up top. I think we're we're okay with wingers as well. Um, of course, Sanchez didn't feature. I don't know what's going on with uh, yeah. with him at the moment. But mm. um, I like to think that. Uh, there hasn't. I haven't heard any rumours about him leaving, so I like to think that that it's just maybe a fitness thing. Maybe he's had an extended holiday or whatever. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes at these clubs. Um, so I think he, with him coming back as well, uh, hopefully, I think I think we're good for attack. I think for me, it is just at right wing back. 
uh, or right back and centre back yeah. that we need to that we need to think about. A left back as well, of course. Um, just yeah, but with the system that we play, it's it's, mm. it's it's a strange one, isn't it? With yeah. the, if if we're going to operate in that system a bit more, I feel that would have been the kind of system where Seddon would have really thrived, you know, mm. as a more defence-minded wing back um, rather than, than than Jeremy Bella. But he's has he gone out on loan or has he gone out permanently? I got uh, permanent, yeah. A, so so he's gone now. Yeah. Um, Let's move on with our lives. So you know, part ways with him and. But um, there's a couple of there's a couple of young players that, that that I'm sure will be able to to bleed through and Castillo obviously um, yeah I was going to mention the one there that I think will... yeah the system he he would really work really well as a, as a left wing back rather than a left back I think that's mm. what I wanted to say when he was yes, starting you know he's, he's very quick wants to get forward so I think him and Bella if if this is to be the system three five two we don't know we we might chop and change a bit but it seems like those two will vie for for, for that shirt on 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 the left wing. Um, but yeah, right back is an interesting one. I think you're absolutely right, um, Maxim Collin, Especially if he is to play a more advanced role this season, you know the extra the extra sprints, the extra effort. I mean, wing the wing back position is you know the the ground they have to cover. Um, oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? When they're not sitting as much, I, I think yeah, it's it's certainly an area to to be concerned about. Another area that I'm a little bit that seems a bit iffy to me is is the goalkeeper situation. I yeah. know that. Um, you know, we know that Neil Etheridge, um, very unfortunately, was was rather unwell with COVID, and and he's on the mend and is you know he's back training now, which is good to see. Sarkic, I, th- I think, has had one or two performances in preseason that have made the Blues fans a bit worried, a bit concerned. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think he did okay at Sheffield United. There were one or two moments in the game. Um, there was certain. There was certainly one where uh, uh, so we. Where he there was a cross that came in. I think I think it was a corner. It was a, or a dead ball situation, where he should where it was meant to be a catch. And he kind of snatched at it, and it just fell in a corridor where he could recover and run out. But if that fell an inch to the right or an inch to the left, that ricochets off someone and can go anywhere. Um, and it reminded me of when we went a few weeks ago to uh, Alva Church versus Blues under twenty threes, and uh, Zach Jaycock. He's he's out on loan to Salford, I think. He's now. Indeed, yeah. Um, who are what league are they in? League two. League two. League two. Yeah. So, uh, um, and they it, he it was just a cross in, and he, he was just meant to catch it just on his goal line, and he dropped it in. I think it bounced on the line. Uh, I think the score was like three. They were, the Blues were three 0 up, so the the ref just gave it as a goal, uh, and uh, we were right, literally, I think about a meter away from. From Zach Jacob doing that as well, and uh, yeah, we shouted at him a few times, and uh, yeah. before the incident, and it was positive shouting. We weren't, we weren't. Mm. I'd never heckle someone. He's younger yeah. than I am, you know, so uh, never gonna, uh, never gonna shout at him angrily. Certainly not when he's in earshot. Um, and it reminded me of that. And I think Etheridge has been known to also be that kind of keeper, hasn't he? Not his handling is probably the weakest aspect of his game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of disappointed that we didn't get Peacock Farrell in, but I think he wanted to join um, a club where he was going to play all the time, and that's why he went slightly further down the football ladder to to Wednesday. Um, but you know, I think I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay in goal. Sarkic certainly had a few a few iffy moments, but I think the fact that he kept a clean sheet and he certainly grew into the game. There was some towards the end of the game. He he you know, there there were times where he held onto the ball and certainly. Uh, you know, he kept hold of it and killed the momentum for for uh, for Sheffield United, which is what you want at your keeper. Yeah. So I, 
all in all, I think as a backup goalkeeper, I think he'll be absolutely fine. And he's on loan, isn't he? He's is indeed on loan from Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I, I think Etheridge will come in. Etheridge will continue to be the number one. And uh, I think Sarkic will. I think Sarkic will play. Uh, and I think I think Etheridge will feel him breathing down his neck mm. um, for sure. And you know, who knows? Who knows? This this time in a couple of months' time, if Etheridge yeah. has a has a bad performance. I, would, I, I think Sarkic will could really grow into himself between. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. I think he showed real character in in the game yesterday to go to a hostile environment like that. And, yeah, I don't know how much these players read social media. They probably try to stay off the Twitter and stuff. But I think so. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of stuff said about him. And yeah, he sort of just got on with it. And I think all in all, had had a good game. One of his best better performances for Blues. Um, here's hoping that he he kicks on. Um, just looking forward to the Colchester game then on Tuesday night. I was just looking at the Blues squad, really, and just thinking about who we might see, uh, who might make an appearance, who might have a cameo. It's a good chance. I, I think, from my perspective, it's worth just using this game um, to look at some of those fringe players. Um, a cut run would be nice, but I think our priority is the league. Uh, yeah. And, you know, whatever happens on Tuesday night, I think it'd be the most important thing is to look at some of these uh, players that, that are on the fringes. I'm looking at the likes of, do we want George Friend to make an appearance? You know, we know he's a, a great, a great presence in the dressing room and is is great with the the players um, generally. But on the pitch, I think he could play left back or centre back. Maybe Sanderson will will get some minutes on Tuesday night. He might start the game. You don't know. Um, maybe Castillo will start. It depends on what formation we go with, of course. I think. Maybe I think yeah, I'd, I'd like to. I think. I think we'll probably see uh, an Eke. Yep, I think uh, on the pitch. Nailed on. Um, I think. Uh, I, think, I think Jordan Graham as well. It would be good for him to get some minutes. Definitely. And also, uh, uh, where was where was Riley McGree yesterday? I didn't see. Uh, I, didn't see I, think, I think he's probably still having a bit of time off after the Olympics. Isn't oh, he? he was. In, oh, of course. Yeah, he was in the Australia Olympic team, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's probably never mind that. I assume he'll be joining up with the squad in another week or two. He's probably having some uh, some time off and having a holiday. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Well deserved. It'd be good to see Ivan Sanchez, I think, on Tuesday night because we know what he's he's capable of, and maybe it's just you can't really trust Sanchez in as a wing back, or, or if you have Bella as left wing back and Sanchez as a right wing back, it's you, you're never going to have that defensive cover, you know, because it's what's great I think about having Colan over there on the right is that that they almost sort of convert into a back four with Pedersen on that left-hand side. You know what I mean? The, the natural back four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so while they set out kind of like that, it, it yeah. rotates almost. It's almost lopsided, yeah. isn't it? it? It is lopsided, yeah. And it, but it slots into that familiar back four that we've had at Blues for years now. Um, I, I I think Sanchez, I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't make an appearance against Colchester. I think he, he will be in line. But then the youngsters, you know, the like... Yeah, I was, I was about Lakin, to say, yeah. Charlie Lappy Lakin. Boy yeah, Mars. I think Lakin. I'd like to see Marcel Oakley, actually. Yeah. Uh, young young defender. If we're going to play this three at the back, I'd like to see him maybe next to uh, next to Friend mm. uh, in a back three, maybe with uh, maybe with an ex- another experienced head on the other side of him, you know, whether it be Harley Dean or Mark Roberts get playing again. Um, I think I'd like to... I'd, I would like to see some of the youngsters, you know, Boyd Munts and... Uh, uh, and Lakin, as as you said rightly, and uh, and definitely Odin Bailey. I'd love to see Odin Bailey get a uh, get a good run out. Forest Green last season, I think he really did. Yeah, he really did. 
And uh, I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if we see Truman in goal, by the way. Yeah, With, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we just if, if they just put Truman in the six for yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for 90 minutes. And, and uh, another one is 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 Leco, like we said. I think it should be maybe the, maybe almost like a tune-up game for him. Go out there, get yourself a goal, get yourself some confidence behind you. Yeah. Yeah, Provide, yeah. I mean, we're saying that like it's a nailed on the hill score. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think I'd love for him to get a run out. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, you know, we've got players that you know. I, I mean, about, like, players like Adam Clayton was that? Yeah. Was, uh, I know, he's not been given a squad number as the Adam Clayton, but um, yeah, I mean, there, there are certainly players on the fringes that it's a really good opportunity, almost like another preseason game, if you like, just to to have Did a look. He a squad number? So no, no, Adam given a squad number. So he's on his way out then, isn't he? I think that's that's sort of done, which is. Well, is it a shame? I don't know. I, I think he was he was assigning to to placate Karanka. He played well in our very in our first game actually against Brentford at St Andrews uh, last year, last season. But um, other than that, he wasn't great. Um, <laughs> I think he's he's on his way. Um, but yeah, there are certainly players in there that that should be having a look at in the Colchester game. In my opinion, I don't really care about the result on Tuesday night. I'm not fussed really? about a cut run. I, we need to we need to focus on the league and, and try to have a solid. Certainly, certainly not fussed about a Carabao Cup, Brian. I think you know yeah. the FA Cup. It'll be nice. It'll be nice to you know progress through a couple of rounds. Maybe game, maybe try and maybe try and get a big scalp on the way. Like That's just it, play yeah. play yeah. against a because if you can get an away day, if if we got an away day at a Premier League team, mm. unless it was like right up north, I, I don't think I'd go up to Newcastle or, or mm. I don't think I'd go to Burnley. You know, so it'd be a bit of a trek. Certainly, I'm coming all the way from London. Yeah. Anywhere south, I think I, I think I try and get an away day. I think I yeah. try. And... Yeah, well, that's it. I think I think um... it'd be confusing for me if it was at Tottenham. I know the odds are you know very small. If 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 Tottenham Birmingham happened in the FA Cup or or the Carabao Cup, hmm. I don't know if I'd go home or away end. I think I'd have to go away end. I think <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to annoy my dad and go away end. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm um, what. This is all very hypothetical, but whatever ground, I'm sure the Blues fans will pack it out and it'd be, it'll be quite some Yeah, I think, you know, just focusing on uh, the next week, I think, moving to the Stoke game, I think we should stick with a very similar lineup to the one that's just got the win at Sheffield United. Is there any reason to change it? I mean... If it ain't broke. Exactly. And we know that Stoke obviously scored three goals on their opening game, but they did concede two. So it looks to me like a team that you know, the, the game will they'll try to make it quite an open affair and try to sort of push their line up quite high. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if if I wouldn't be surprised if, if we just look to be solid, if we look to hold them off and, and, and like much like we did against Sheffield United, you know. I think against Sheffield, their poor preparation for the season. I know they had I think they had a preseason game that got called off and they, they tried desperately to 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 just get any team in to to to, just to get some minutes in their legs and they couldn't find anyone at short notice um which is you know unfortunate for them lucky for us because yeah, know, we, yeah. It, it certainly it, that certainly helped us um but for stoke city they've had good preparations actually they've they one of the better preparations and i think i wouldn't be surprised if if, if we just look to to play in a very very similar way yeah and if, but if, if it is that left-hand side that, of our defence that worries me, just if, if we're playing Pedersen and, and Bella, I wouldn't be 100% shocked if we maybe went with Castillo. If he has a good game against Colchester, mm-hmm. if we go with Castillo just because he is, while he's attacking, he's more defence-minded than, than, than Bella is. Yeah, yeah. Um, either to start or to come on earlier than he did. 
uh, certainly if we have a lead. Mm. So, um, but I think in terms of style and formation, I th I I'd like to see a stick to, to, to the way we started the season yeah. against the Blades. Yeah, well, it, it will certainly be a very different test to Sheffield United. It's one thing to go to a relegated team. We know they had a tough season last season, Sheffield United, but that, that's, that is a big task. But then this is going to be a different test in that Stoke have got that uh, that win. Um, they've got they play, scored three goals. They've got players that we know are capable of, of really hurting you this level. It feels like they're going to start to try to build some momentum. A different test for Birmingham, but I think you're right. Stick with that same 11, maybe look at Castillo on the left uh, to add a little bit more solidarity on that side. Um, yeah, and uh, and hopefully we can get ourselves another positive result. With that, uh, we're going to end the section of the show uh, all about Birmingham. Uh, we are going to be giving you our season prediction, <laughs> Here we uh, go. table predictions uh, for the top six and the bottom three for the championship very shortly. Uh, so do stick with us. I think Joe has got some pretty wild predictions. <laughs> We'll see you all very shortly. So, guys, we are we are back, and we're just going to do a quick segment on our predictions, and we're going to stick to our predictions for the top six and the bottom three. Uh, so, there's not really too much reason or rhyme, certainly from some of my predictions, um, but. We want we want to know what you guys think as well. So make sure that you get at our social medias. All of the, all the information will be in the links in the bio at Royal Blue Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, yeah, so let's start with the bottom three first. We'll get that out of the way, and then we'll go to the to, to the top six. So Alex, who is in your bottom three? So I've gone with the very obvious uh, selection of Derby bottom. Yes. Uh, in 24th um, I've gone for Peterborough uh, in 23rd because I think it's going to be a, a bit of a step step too far for them uh, and then I put Huddersfield in 22nd Huddersfield I think they're going to have a tough season Ooh. they were sliding a bit last season and looked at one point like they might get sucked in to a relegation battle yeah. I think it's, it's going to happen again this season and they'll be uh, they'll be caught in the trap door I'll tell you what, that is a that's a good that's a that's a good shout, actually. I didn't I haven't put Huddersfield in. So I've I've actually put Peterborough at the bottom of mine. I think they'll finish 24th. I think Derby will do enough to not finish rock bottom. I wouldn't I I wouldn't be surprised if we see one of the worst. I'm just gonna interrupt myself because Middlesbrough have just equalized really well against Fulham. That was a really good goal. Nice. Um Anyway, so uh, I think Peterborough are going to really struggle. I wouldn't feel as if we see one of the worst championship seasons in history from, from Peterborough and from Derby. Uh, the two of them will be right down the bottom. I think Peterborough bottom, Derby 23rd. And I've actually put Coventry as my third team to get relegated in 22nd. I think it will be really tight between uh, a, a number of teams down there. I, think, I didn't really think Huddersfield. Uh, I didn't really put them in there, but, but they, they certainly will struggle, I think, uh, they had a they 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 struggled against a we a really really weak derby team which i think is certainly a sign of things to come um but i i i see i can see huddersfield just having just edging and staying up uh, and i think you know there are there are a number of teams where you, where i look at them and i think are they going to like you know hull won't go down Pre i don't think preston will go down preston will have enough i think preston could be in and around it though think this could be a down year for them for sure um and if you know i mean 
just just I, I can't really see anyone that I fancy over Coventry to go down. I don't think Coventry have had the preparation. They're back at their stadium, which could be the only thing that maybe yeah. you know they, they they'll have their fans behind them. But I I, I can't see him having enough. I, I do see him really 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 struggling, and I see him dropping down to the third tier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's well, it's as you say, it's so tight in the league. There's so many good teams uh, in the championship. It's <laughs> these prediction things are always very, you know, they're just. Oh, I mean, we're going to look back on this at the end of the season, and we're going to be absolutely. <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah. Derby it's, are going to Derby will end up finishing eighth, and it will be the best season of their life. Yeah, or well, I don't know, they'll win the bloody league. I don't know. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I think the commentary one is it's an interesting question. Um, they've obviously come up and had a they had quite a good season last season. Um, but that, you do feel like they're at a bit of a crossroads as to whether they're going to kick on or whether they might get sucked into another relegation battle. Um, yeah, yeah. So, do you want to move on to our top six and we can talk a little bit about uh, the, our playoff team? Mm-hmm. Well, so we do first and second because I think they're far more second. obvious than the uh, than, than you're the, probably right yeah. the, than the other four. So, so who have you put second? Second place, I put West Brom. West Brom, boo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean that's a decent shout from the baggies. I I put I know we beat them, but I put Sheffield United. Uh, I think you know you look at that squad. They're they're opening. I think their opening few games will be pre-season for them. Really, they they've had really poor preparations, uh, as we've already said. So I think we've kind of gotten we've played them at the right time, actually. And uh, but I think they'll kick on. That you look at their squad. They've got. I mean, you look at how they've kept hold of players like Sander Berger. Yeah. Is 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 unreal, and I think that that will um, that will translate to to them comfortably getting promoted. Yeah, and top, I think we've gone for the same top here. Well, so it's just an obvious one, isn't it? You look at their the, the team we're about to say they got a ridiculous team. It's got to be Fulham, hasn't it's got it? Got to be Fulham. Yeah, it's got to be Fulham. I mean, I'm watching. They're drawing to Middlesbrough now. I mean, Middlesbrough. I mean, they've had Fulham have had three or four opportunities where they should have the ball in the back of the net, mm. but. Um, uh, they, I mean, you look at their squad. They've got probably one of the better managers in the league as well. He had a poor time at Everton. I know uh, Marcus Silva had a poor time at Everton, but so did Carlo Ancelotti. He's now at Real Madrid. Uh, I think Everton are a poorly run team, uh, really, behind the scenes. So I don't think you can really blame that on him. But you look at what he's done for Watford. Uh, I, think, I think he will be brilliant. I think he really will... Uh, once he figures out his team, because they're another team that ad- haven't actually done too well in their preseason as mm. well. So I, I, I really do think that, that they'll find their fit and they will, much like Norwich did last season, they will just completely run away with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, you just look at their bench. This, is, this isn't even looking at their 11, the first 11. You've got the likes of uh, Kamara, Mawson, uh, Seri, Cavaliero, Cordova-Reed. They've got honestly, they've got so much uh, quality in that side in, in the squad, and I, you look at Mitrovic, who we know in the championship is is lethal. Harry Wilson, a fifteen million pound signing from Liverpool. That's a great signing on a yeah, permanent deal. That's a fantastic signing. It's a team that really, you know, I think even coming third would be a real underachievement for them. That would be a big are. disappointment. Yeah, that would they, be a really, disappointment. They're going all full guns all guns blazing for a, for automatic promotion. And, and I think we're in agreement that that is very, very likely to happen. Um, so yeah, Fulham first and West Brom in second is what I've got. 
I've got, I've got, I've got Fulham and Sheffield first and second, respectively. Interesting. Well, let's let's move on to those uh, playoff positions. Here we go. Uh, Here we go. <laughs> so I've gone third place. I've gone with Bournemouth. Yes, me too. Ah, interesting. Uh, fourth place, I put Sheffield United. I've put West Brom in fourth place. That's interesting. So we're just basically. Uh, so we've 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 swapped them over. I, I, I think, uh, we and I think you know them four. Fulham, Sheffield, Bournemouth, West Brom. Mm. Ignore the lisp there from me. Uh, they are the four. They're the, they're the, they're the top four, aren't they? They are the the four teams that you look at in the championship, and you think they should be the ones that that, that look to be promoted. Out of them four, three of them realistically should be promoted. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and I think um, <laughs> it's my next two that I'm a bit sort of umming and yes, eyeing. me too. Here we go. Well, there's a, there's a few teams that, as we mentioned earlier in the pod, that. That that will be looking to it. I think there's there's that that pack that are chasing those final two slots. I think, and there's probably five, six, seven teams you could mention. I've gone yeah. with in fifth place, Cardiff. Cardiff. Yeah. Ooh. And I then, don't think Cardiff are going to do well this season. I just think with Mick McCarthy there, uh, and I think with some of the players they've got, experienced Championship players. Um, I, I fancy that. I, Really, these these last two, as I say, I, there's other teams I could have put in there. Of course, we're gonna. I think these two. I think we've put two different teams as well. I think we've yeah, both got different then, teams. Well, then in sixth place, I've gone with for QPR. I think QPR they're going. as well. I think QPR is an okay shout. I think I, I certainly think QPR will be in and around it. I don't think that they'll that they'll break into it. I've certainly been optimistic with uh, with some of my predictions. Maybe that's a bit of foreshadowing. But in fifth place, I've put Blackburn Rovers. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I mean, I, I look at that attack and I think that, I mean, even if you take Adam Armstrong out of the equation, I think, maybe this hot take, if they can get £20 million for Adam Armstrong, take it. Yeah. Take that £20 million, sell him to, I think the most heavily linked team is uh, Southampton in the Premier League, who want to replace Danny Ings. Him, him and Che Adams would, I think, and we're not a Premier League podcast, but I think they would propel Southampton from being a, a relegation candidate to a solid mid-table team. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I, I believe that if they could then invest that in a in a solid centre-back, another centre-back to cover for the two that they have in there, I think Blackburn have a real chance of, of sneaking into the promotion playoffs and potentially, you know, you never know. And when it gets to the playoffs, you never know. It's You know, you're talking one-off games here. If you get to the playoff final, you're talking a one-off game where you could get promoted. I'm not saying that I think they'd win, but they are my fifth place team. My sixth place team is our beloved Birmingham City. We are we, we I can know myself. We've scalped Sheffield United. We are the best team in the championship, other than the top four. No, okay, no. But I, I do believe that we are going to have a far, far, far better season than anyone is saying. I know that every season, I think every team goes through a little, a little stage where they think, you know, we're going to have a good season here. We're going to have a good season. I think every team goes through it. Yeah. If I'm being, if I'm being realistic, I think we certainly will chase it. Will we get it? Probably not. But I think we'll, we'll be closer to it than a lot of Blues fans are were anticipating. Yeah. Um, if I'm being more realistic, my my hot shout would be Luton Town. Yeah, yeah. I think Luton Town, uh, and and I hate to say it because I, I actually have a little affinity with uh, Stevenage, uh, with Stevenage. Mm. I've, I've been to a couple of Stevenage games. I've got some friends that live up there. 
um, and they absolutely hate Luton. Um, <laughs> Luton don't really care about them because Stephen is just so small. Um, but uh, I, think, I think I think Luton are a part of that pack, aren't they? They, they are. They are. And I, and you know, it takes it takes a good run. It takes a good run. They've they've invested really well. Uh, I think they've got one of the best central midfielders in the league in Peli Roderick Mapanzu. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he's a really talented midfielder, and. Um, so if he if he stays fit and keeps it ticking from the from the center of the park, I think that they I think they could really push into that. So I'm going to take Birmingham out. I'm going to put Luton Town in sixth place. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, oh yeah. I mean, I could have put. I, I've also scribbled down Barnsley, Middlesbrough. There's a couple of other teams that you just think mm-hmm. they're going to be right after the, that. You know, trying to sneak into that player place. They're going to be. They're really going to be going for for sixth or fifth place or yeah, even better sure. if possible but yeah, yeah that's just interesting and, and then what do we think about just the final part of the pod now what do we think about those playoff the actual oh, ties and who, and who oh, wins God. and gets promotion well I mean I, I've, I have written down in my book here obviously because I've written I, I actually originally wrote Birmingham fourth I think I think I might have still been drunk when I wrote that <laughs> um, and I wrote winner of the playoff to be Birmingham so I, I mean but I, I think what have you been drinking <laughs> I don't know. I think someone put something in my in my beer. Um, so I've I've got Bournemouth, West Brom, Blackburn, and Luton. I mentioned how Blackburn in you know it takes one off games. Uh, I, I'd love I'd love to see Blackburn in the Premier League. Actually, if if it had to be any team that wasn't Birmingham, I, I'd want it to be Blackburn. But I think I think oh, I, was, I was about to say Bournemouth. But I, between Bournemouth and West Brom, it's a complete toss-up. Yeah, you yeah. can that will literally go either way, much like it did on the opening day. Yeah, I suppose. But yeah. if I ha- if I had to choose one, I would say West Brom because they edged the game on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I had a sort of similar um, some similar quandaries in my mind to solve. Like obviously, the way that I had my my playoff positions laid out, I had Bournemouth versus QPR and Sheffield United versus Cardiff. Mm-hmm. Um, I predicted, I have predicted that Bournemouth would beat QPR uh, and that Sheffield United would beat Cardiff. So we'd have a playoff final of Bournemouth versus Sheffield United. It'd be a good game. And I, uh, yeah, I think it would. Um, but I think that Bournemouth would would edge it. I think yeah, Bournemouth, because they were there last season, they, they, they were in the playoffs last season, they've got that bit of experience. You know, they've got Scott Parker, who got Fulham promoted that way. I, I just think he would, that they, they would they would take that final promotion spot and, and go up along with Fulham and West Brom. Um, as you as you said earlier, Bournemouth might not be a yo-yo club, but they're certainly joining two yo-yo clubs there. In, they certainly in, are. Um, yeah, so that, that that's it for me. Bournemouth, I think, to win the playoffs. Okay, so my prediction is Fulham, Sheffield and West Brom to go up, West Brom through the playoffs, mm-hmm. and Coventry, Derby and Peterborough to go down. Uh, Alex, what was yours? Yeah. So uh, Fulham, West Brom and Bournemouth uh, to, to, to get promoted. Relegation, Huddersfield, Peterborough and Derby. Put your house on it. Put your house on it right now. <laughs> think twice, just do it. <laughs> I'm sure in in nine months' time, we're going to look like absolute fools, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, that's probably the case. Uh, and we'll look back ourselves and wonder what we were thinking. But that's that's hindsight. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, and that's why the predictions game is, is always mad uh, and a bit... Uh, uh, a bit of a weird, it's a bit of a mad one. I don't know why people try to do it. I watched the, the first of the uh, uh, League of 72 YouTube channel. It's the official, uh, a new official show they're doing every week on a Thursday. 
uh, and they try to predict the positions of all the teams uh, in the championship, all the teams in league. It's just a, it's so it's such a dodgy game. It is. It's a it's a good way of like breaking down each team and having having like a quick thirty seconds on each. But, but it's it gives you the show a bit of structure. But I just think predictions are just it's a bit of fun. But it's, it's a bit of a fool's fun, game, so. I think. Sometimes yeah. you know, it's a bit. It is a bit exactly that. It's a bit of fun. But I mean, in football, anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen. And if you want to know exactly what happened. Make sure you're listening to the Royal Blue podcast. You're damn right. Wherever you get your 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 podcast services, whatever your podcast service is, uh, make sure you're listening to Royal Blue Pod every week. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Make sure you uh, you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Royal Blue Pod. Uh, send us your thoughts and your opinions. You know, every week the championship, there's going to be lots of drama. Um, it can be blue specific as well, of course. We're more than happy to read out. Uh, your opinions and thoughts uh, and to inform the debate on the show um and really all that's left to say is thank you very much for joining us um joe do you have any final thoughts uh no nothing from me just uh just make sure you guys are following us on uh, social media and uh hopefully very soon we're going to be look to do we're going to look to do some more interactive stuff with uh with you guys at home so make sure that you get your ideas into us what would you like to see us do yeah. and uh and uh hopefully Hopefully, Birmingham are going to win the league. Well, hopefully. Um, it means, you know, some things are more realistic than others, some hopes and dreams. But, uh, no, I thank you for joining us. Um, and we will be back next week uh, with a show after the Stoke game. Uh, and we'll obviously have a lot more uh, to, to discuss after that. We'll know a lot more about the squad, um, but we will be back uh, in another week. Thanks for joining us. Do remember to subscribe uh, to at Royal Blue Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you next week. Keep right on. Keep right on.